Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. We're about to move on into a brand new series right now, this moment. By the way, happy new year. Happy 2021 uh, to those in person and watching online. Uh, believe in the best for you this year. Believe in God uh, to move significantly in your life. Um, one thing I love about God is He always outdoes Himself year after year. I, I don't believe God's a God uh, that gets stuck. I don't believe He's a God that, that grows stagnant. I believe He's always moving forward. And I'm believing when His presence is in your life, the same will happen with you. So we're going to talk about a series called The Great Reset. Now, that might trigger a few years. Uh, you maybe heard that term before, and, but we're going to be talking about prayer and fasting because I believe the greatest reset that you can have uh, and press the reset button is on your soul, is that Jesus came to hit the reset button on our soul to rejig a few things, to refresh us, to bring true life um, to our to our soul to our hearts and, and to our life, not just here on earth, but eternally. Can I get amen? amen? I just want to talk about that and how we do that because it's 2021. It's a brand new start. It's, it's like a, it's a reset type season. It, this is our moment. It's a window of opportunity to start fresh. I don't know what was 2020 was like for you, whether it was difficult, whether it was enjoyable, maybe you just love Netflix and you just watched Every series, and it was fantastic. You didn't have to work and you got paid. I don't know what it looked like for you. Some of you might have went through a lot of hardships. But it's a new year. It's a, there's a window of opportunity, I believe, in the first few weeks of the year. We're going to start out as a church with prayer and fasting. Now, some of you uh, have never done this before, never even considered it. And maybe it seems too, too religious or too spiritual for you. I'm, you, I'm, not, I'm just not there, Phil. I'm just not at that level. But honestly, I want to break it down and make it very approachable and very easy and very simple. Because it, it, really what it is, it's a reset button. It's a reset button on your soul. It's a way to replenish your soul. It's a way to clear your eyesight uh, where you've maybe got fogged up or the, green, the, the, the windscreen's got frosted up and you can't really see clearly. This is a way to scrape away the ice. Uh, as some of you done this morning, and to see clearly again, and to get that revival to your soul, that, 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 uh, to revitalize your energy, that, that power, that courage that once was there, that peace that once was there, that's why we pray and we fast. And so let's go straight into the scriptures. It says in, Matthew, sorry, in, in Romans 12 and 11, never be lacking in zeal. This is probably the Apostle Paul speaking. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. I don't know about you, but there's been times where I've served the Lord or I've been living life and I've lost my spiritual fervor. What does that really mean? My energy, my excitement, my passion has, has really just dwindled. It's, it's no longer where it used to be. Um, and, but it's interesting what I noticed what Paul said here is keep your spiritual fervor. So it, it wasn't like, hey, just wait until that magic moment happens when you're in worship and you'll just, just, you'll just get your excitement back. You'll get your, 
your, your passion back. No, he didn't say that. He says, keep it. Meaning, you've got a responsibility. You've a massive part to play in this. This is your responsibility to keep your passion, to keep the, the fire of devotion in your heart alive. This is our responsibility as people. This is my responsibility. I can't just um, curse the darkness for, for making me tired. And what I believe here, he's also suggesting, is that, um, that you can keep it in every season. Whether you're going through temptation, hardship, uh, the sickness, no matter what it is, I believe what he's suggesting is that you can keep it consistently for the long run. It doesn't have to be this thing where you just get excited at the start of the year. It doesn't have to be this thing where you just get excited um, about God when there's some special concert or event on. No, he's saying, keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, full stop. That's it. It's possible. But I do believe that the, how we start a year, how we start the journey, as you go, go on a journey from your house, what direction you take determines where you go. The rest of your journey is dictated by the first decision. Maybe this year will be dictated by the first week, how you spend that first week. Maybe the last year uh, in 2020, your first week wasn't a good first week or your first month or your first day, and, and you just kind of got stuck in this pattern, this rhythm, this routine. And it didn't end well. And, and you feel like you maybe wasted it. And maybe some of you had a great year because you started right, maybe surrendered your life to Jesus last year and, and everything went according to plan. You kept your fervor, you were passionate, but we got to learn to keep that so it's not just by accident. Then, then I want to look at one of the, my favorite chapters in the Bible, Matthew 6. This is the chapter where we see the verses 6. Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God, and then everything else will be added. Meaning then everything else you think you want, you think you need, what you truly need will be added. And I love through this whole scripture, it talks about three key things we're going to talk about today because Jesus obviously thought it was important. He said, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. So if you read that scripture when you go home, Matthew 6, those are three key components to this life where we cast off worry. A few other verses that we see in that chapter is it talks about don't store treasures on earth, but in heaven. It also talks about do not worry about your life. Do the flowers worry about what they'll wear because their heavenly father provides them with clothing. It also talks about then seeking first and then life comes. And I love the concept of seeking first. Really what it's saying is stop trying to figure life out your own way. Stop trying to do life the way you think is fit and surrender to God's plan and to his ways of doing things. And then the life that you truly want deep down will come. God will orchestrate, God will open up doors to the life that you want. Does anybody want to go there? Three people want to go there. So the question I would ask you right now is, maybe how close do you feel to God? Maybe you're, you're not even sure if that's even possible. Can I get close to God? Is God a thing? 
Is God actually a person? Did, he, did Jesus actually, maybe you're in that, maybe you're in between, you're maybe feeling a little bit stagnant, you kind of veered off the path a little bit and it's time to return. How close do you feel to God? I think if we're all honest, and if, if some of us have experienced God before, you would all say that I think there's more in this for me. I think I can go a bit closer. I think there's, I've, I've sensed it before, but I've never really dove, dove, is that a word? Dove? Dived? Never really dived right in. I've kind of maybe tiptoed, but a wee, uh, uh, that's enough. Don't want to go any further. It's getting a wee bit too, getting too spiritual now. And you maybe came back because you're, what, you're afraid of the unknown. I've been there. I still, it's still a battle. You're, what, what if I give, I don't want to become one of those freaks, those weirdos, you know, those Christian, weird. Let, 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 me, let me introduce you to a secret about weird Christians. Honestly, can I be honest with you? The weird Christians, they were weird before they were Christian. They became a Christian and they're still weird. So that's the same principle applies if you're a fun, you're, you're the life of the party. Before you were a Christian, nothing should change after apart from you stop making stupid decisions that do not bring you life. You can still, you're still allowed to have fun, okay? You're still allowed to smile and have joy. and jo- The joy of the Lord is your strength. The church should be the most life-giving, fun, exciting place on the earth. Just a, a side note. So I think most of us believe there's, there's more for us in experiencing God's presence. We've maybe touched it, maybe tasted just a little bit, but there's more. And so this is what prayer and fasting is about. It's about dipping the toe into deeper water. It's taking a, going a wee bit further than we've went before. Experiencing that God has more in store. Not just so that we can dabble in all this joy and all this happiness. God doesn't want you just to sit there silent stagnant in your room praying to him God wants to fill you up to so that you can go to the world that the whole point of God giving you his presence and his power and his courage and his strength is not to sit there and just do nothing it's to activate you to to see lives changed on the earth today to see the lost come and become found to see your gifts to actually to see you come alive in yourself so that you can love people and love God more and better. And in doing so, you'll feel more alive. It's not this force. It's not like a, what is it to say, a, a, a square peg in a round hole or is it the other way around? It's, it's not this doesn't quite fit, but we're just going to do it because that's the church I go to and they say, you've, you've got to do it. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect fit. It's, it's the right fit. It makes complete sense. When you're in it, you know it. Has anyone ever been in prayer? And you're not just doing it religiously. You're not just doing it because you're supposed to, or you're in worship, or you're, uh, you're reading the Word and God's giving you revelation. Does it ever feel like it doesn't fit when you're truly worshiping, when you truly get it? Or when, when you sense God guiding you? And does it, no, it, it feels like a perfect fit. It feels like it... It, nothing on the universe could be more right when, when you're praying and it's just it's pure prayer it's not distracted prayer it's not religious prayer just doing it for the sake of doing it, it it's connected prayer 
It's connected worship to God's heart. It's where you lose yourself in that moment of worship. Does it feel right? Does it feel like it's supposed to be? Absolutely. Honestly, the best way I would describe it, I was born for this. When you encourage someone or you bring a word to someone to encourage them or, or you help someone with good works, maybe they're going through a hard time and you bring them flowers or a present, does it feel right? Does it, does it fit? Absolutely. There's life in it. But so often, we, we don't want to creep towards that edge of vulnerability of, of maybe giving of ourselves because we're afraid of all kinds of things like rejection. Vulnerability doesn't always feel comfortable, but it always feels right in the right context. And one thing I would say is that passionate Christianity was always intended to be the norm, not the exception. We were all, what, what do I mean? I mean, where you feel alive in yourself, even if you're going through a valley, you know you're, you're, the best is yet to come. You know that this is a season I can, I can still experience hope, confidence in this dark season because it's not the end. I'm passing through. I'm not going to pitch my tent in the valley of darkness and camp out and live there. Some of you have. Some of you have went through some things in 2020 or, or even 10 years prior, and you've, you've pitched your tent. And you've got your little hammer out, and you've put the pegs in, and you've just thought this is as good as life will ever get. When God never intended you to stay in those moments, in those seasons, he intended you to pass through them. He intended you to maybe to keep moving. But some of us have camped out, pitched our tent, and, and we're wondering why we feel stagnant, we feel hopeless, we're suffering more than we're supposed to. Listen, life is full of opportunities to suffer. But what if we chose to suffer well? Not just suffer, complain. The Bible says do everything without complaining. Which, what, does, what does that mean? It means that when you start to complain, what you're starting to do is you're starting to thump the pegs into the ground. You're starting to, to, to set up house in the valley of suffering. But, but God said, no, do everything without complaining. What does that mean? It means don't stay there. Keep moving. Keep rejoicing. Keep praising. Keep honoring God. What does that help you to do? To keep moving. Grace is released when we keep praising God. Passionate Christianity should not be the norm. Passionate Christianity should be the norm, not the exception. I remember working at this job um, a few years back and I found myself in a cubicle (laughs) with a phone and a laptop and an Excel sheet. And some of you know me, that's not really the dream at all. And I remember I was just trying to figure, it was in my early 20s, and I was just trying to figure out, you know, who, I, who am I? What, what am I supposed to do? Where should I go? And I remember sitting there just thinking, like, this really feels like a, a square peg in a round hole. This really doesn't fit me. I'm bored looking at a screen I'm confined. There's nobody around me. I want to be around people. And I remember just thinking, I'm so hopeless. I feel dead in this, on this seat. I don't, some of you love that. 
in here. Some of you are like, yes, that's a perfect job. No people. I don't like people too much. But I'm the opposite. And I remember getting feedback from that and just realizing I feel so hopeless. I don't feel motivated. I don't feel full of life. I'm not excited about coming back here. Some of us right now, we feel that way about God and our Christian walk and our Christian lives. We feel a bit hopeless, a bit dead, doesn't fit, something's quite not right. I don't want to tell you today that that's not the way God intended you to live. That's not God's best for you. That's not, you're not in you're not living the assignment God has for you because the assignment God has for you and the gifts that God has given you make you come to life. When you're in, in communication with God and you're walking his path, you come alive. I'm not saying that there's not hard times and moments and things you have to do which you don't like, but I'm saying generally, foundationally, you come alive. It inspires the symptoms of the Holy Spirit. There's joy and there's peace and there's there's courage and there's strength and there's, you're able to suffer because, because you love it, because you were built for it. Um, and what I believe is true is that God has given you his availability so that you can live a lasting, thriving, passionate relationship with him over not just the months, but the years, the decades and the decades but I believe prayer and fasting is a massive part of that. You know, I was, over the holidays, anyone have a good time, a few weeks off, feed up, eat till you drop, and uh, just, what is it, that, uh, that Christmas pudding, oh, that Christmas pudding and that sauce, oh yes, brandy sauce, unreal, limit your supplies, but it's, it's so good. Well, just eating a lot and watching TV and lying about and doing stuff around the house. And it got to the stage where at the end, probably just a few days ago, I realized I'm wrecked. I thought I needed rest, but I'm wrecked. I've had rest and I'm wrecked now. I have no energy left, but I haven't spent any. So I don't know how this is working because I'm supposed to be resting to get energy so that I can do more. But I've ate so much and, and I've lay about so much, and I've rested so much, I feel lethargic, I feel dead in some ways, I feel I'm not motivated to do very much. Anyone been there? Anyone there still? You're like, it was so hard to come to church this morning, Phil. And I think that's what happens to our soul sometimes when, our, when we're walking with God, when we're just kind of getting lazy. We're not really doing anything, we're not praying much, we're not, we're not, we're not seeking God much. We're not sacrificing really much. We're not giving much. We're not, we're not even thinking about God. We're just kind of in the blah. This blah mode where it's just nothing's happening. There's no... Why? Because we were born for, to be active. God designed us to move. He designed us to work six days and rest one. I think I'm at a stage now at the start of the year where I'm ready to get back into the spring of a step. I'm ready to start moving again, and I hope you are too. I'm ready for my soul to be replenished and restored and reset. I'm ready for a great reset in my heart. Why? To prepare my heart for the year ahead. To prepare my soul to give. To have strength. To help. To have power. To move. Why? So I can love God and people better. So the first thing that I believe we all need to do 
is we need to, number one, guard the fire of devotion in our hearts. We've got to guard it. Because what will happen is we can so easily stop giving, so easily stop praying. We can so easily stop giving God praise. We can so easily stop worshiping. We can so easily stop coming to church. We can so easily stop going to connect group or or whatever that looks like in this season. We can so easily get into this mode where we just... But the problem is we don't end up better. We don't end up more fired up. We don't end up more contagious as a Christian. We don't end up more productive in our, in our daily lives. We end up the opposite. Because I know that this, when I'm regularly in rhythm of prayer, when I'm regularly worshiping, when I'm regularly giving of myself to, to God and, and His people and His cause, I feel alive. I have courage. I remember I just last night I was praying about something and I was confused. And I was going through all these different thoughts and ideas of what I should do and what I shouldn't. And, and it was all natural and full of worry and what ifs and control. I was trying to control the situation and the outcome. And I just, my lovely wife decided to give me great advice and says, why don't you pray about it? I was like, whoa, it's a good idea. I guess that's, a, that's an option. Funny, that isn't how we, we, we often leave prayer to the last resort when really it should always be our first response. And I'd done that and I prayed and I worshipped and all of a sudden I started to feel alive again. The things that I'd maybe crept in subconsciously throughout the weeks and the last few months, maybe we we whispers of worry, uh, subconscious fears, just creeping in and just kind of not giving them attention because I'm lethargic a little bit. I started to deal with them and said, no, I won't bow down to fear this year. No, I won't allow those lies to be spoken over me. Faith is beginning to rise up, and as faith rose up, and as I began to speak out worship and praise and prayer to God, all of a sudden, clarity came to my vision. The the decision I was trying to make became very clear and became easy. See, God's life is supposed to be simple for you. It was never supposed to be complicated and, and, and indecisive and, and toxic and wrong relationships. It was always supposed to be simple following the peace of the Holy Spirit. You think about the Garden of Eden. I love talking about this. What was the Garden of Eden? What did it look like? Very few options. There's basically, God said, listen, all these trees work away. Animals work away. This is one, just leave it be. What was that tree? The tree of knowledge of good or evil. Trying to work everything out. Trying to control everything. Leave it be. What are, you, what are we, what are you doing right now where you're overthinking, overprocessing, trying to work it all out? What if God would just say, listen, stay over here where you're spirit-led, where you only have to deal with what's in your hand and what's in front of you and be obedient and keep it simple. And that's a life where the weight is off. You don't have to control your world. You don't have to control everything. But if you can learn to control by prayer and fasting yourself, and control what you believe and control what's in your hand, then you've done everything you need to be doing. God's on a different pay scale. Jesus is on a different throne to the one we sit at. He's dealing with matters that we can't deal with, nor are we called to. And so we've got to learn in 2021 to, to cast our cares upon him who cares for us 
The yoke is easy. But we've got to get active. And that's why we pray and fast. So guard the fire of devotion in your heart. See, a lot of the times when we're going through life and things happen, pain often comes. Anyone ever experienced pain? You know, I was, we just got into a new house there and uh, I tried my hand at a little bit of DIY and boy, the pain came. Usually I would call Ian or someone to try and help me out. So I was Ian a break this time. Um, I'm going to try it out here. And hopefully I don't wreck all the walls and the plasterboard. And I even bought a wee saw. We, uh, one of those, we, what, are the, what are they called? What's that? Spins around? Circular saw. That's the one. Bought one of those. Do you trust me with it? But we circular saw, started cutting things up, putting the curtains up. Dear me. But, but Anna got these knives, and they're really sharp. And as I was trying to just peel off even just the plastic around some of the curtain rails, you know, I don't know if she set me up, but <laughs> this finger's nearly hanging off. Um, and so it's painful. And sometimes when, when life gets painful, it's easy just to stop and to shrink back and to give up. Instead of letting it become a learning moment, a teaching moment, an omen, a moment for opportunity to grow, it would be very easy just to say, pain, bad, stop. And One of the worst pains you can experience is relational pain. And maybe right now you're experiencing relational pain. Maybe in 2020 you had some relational pain. Maybe some relationships. And, and, and life can just be painful. Maybe there's fears that are causing pain and there's loved ones that, 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 that aren't well that's causing pain. And it's so easy to shrink back and, and sometimes go into control mode and try to work life out. And the problem is it never works out. Doing life your own way, it, just never, it never works out in my opinion, in my experience. It actually just burdens us more. It burdens me more. It makes me feel lifeless. I, I start to become diminished in, in my soul. I, I stop... I don't smile as much. I'm not as excited about life because I shrink back. Anyone been there? And I, yet again, I don't think that's God's intention. If, if we're supposed to have this fervor, this passion consistently all the time, we know it's not God's best, His will. Which means, in the natural, it doesn't make sense because the pain causes genuine pain. But it, it also means that God has got something in store. He's got something packaged for us for that moment, for those times of pain and suffering. No matter what it looks like, God has given us everything that we need. So what that means is I need to come before God even as I feel pain, even as I feel like shrinking back, and I need to start to rise up in faith and speak His Word over me and allow His Spirit to breathe upon me and give me the life that I can't give to myself. That's why it's called supernatural peace. Because the circumstance is limited in peace. But when we come to a supernatural God, He's beyond the limitation. He's outside of time. He operates outside of the structure on earth in which we live inside. And that's why it's supernatural to us. And maybe this year it's time to start right. 
It's time to start with that kind of favor on, on you. It's time to, to start with that kind of peace and power and strength in you. But it's going to take a great reset. It's not time to shrink back, but it's time to step up into God's presence. And I, I, lo- I love this statement. I, I was, remember a few years ago, I was learning just about, you know, uh, things like counseling and life coaching, all this kind of stuff. I'm trying to learn, like, where does that fit? And what, what does each of those kind of different areas do? And how do they help? And I came across this amazing comment. And it says, the people uh, who maybe counsel or try to help people in that way pastorally, said, said they're, they're basically wounded healers. If you, if you notice, a, a lot of the best doctors, a lot of the best um, People in any area of life have often went through a trial, have often went through a storm or two. What did it say? The best captains are the ones who have went through a storm. A wounded healer is the best kind of healer. Why? Because they have empathy. They understand better. There's a, there's, a, there's, more, there's a bigger life source of experience. And they're, they're often way more passionate about that particular topic or area of life because they know what it's like. It was actually, um, if you, you notice, I remember someone tell me about how the best thing to do when you go through crazy, maybe you lose a loved one, is to start up something because of it. Like, like a lot of charities today have been started up because of someone's loss or someone's pain or, or someone's heartache. And so it's crazy because where there was an end or there was pain or there was suffering and it would be very natural to give up and to shrink back. These people have decided to become wounded healers or wounded providers where they said, listen, I wasn't provided for here, but it inspired me to provide for others where I've experienced pain. That's the heart of God. That's what brings a perfect fit into our lives. God has given passions, purposes, dreams, promises to you. And honestly, most of the time it's often in the area where you've been most frustrated, in the area where you've, you, you've, you've been most, uh, experienced most pain. So don't let, number two, don't let the pain cause you to shrink back in 2021. I know one of the best decisions I ever made as I learned through life was as soon as you maybe experience pain, Especially when it's relational pain, often there can be feelings maybe of betrayal, of rejection, of disappointment. The one principle I learned, which is scriptural, is instead of repaying evil with evil, repay evil with good. Because what that's actually doing is it's, it's, it's rewriting the story. The natural story without faith is to pay pain for pain. But the God-given story is to, to repay evil with good. It's supernatural. It's not a natural response, but it frees you from the curse. Because with unforgiveness, if someone has wronged you, what are you going to do? Someone's wronged you. you I'll forgive you once you pay the debt. What happens if in life someone's wronged you and they, they never say sorry and they never pay off their debt, and they never give you back what you think they should, what happens? You can't move on because you're waiting on them to get everything right before you can move on and release yourself from that curse. 
But that's why it's funny, Jesus knew better. He says, listen, free yourself. Bring life back to your soul. Give yourself a second chance. Get yourself, that relationship mightn't have worked out, but get your, the way you get yourself back on your feet and get out of the valley is to forgive. Is to give grace. That's what Jesus done for us. We wronged him. We carry sin. And he came and he gave us grace. He repaid not evil to us. He gave us good for our evil. There was a great reset. There was a great exchange. And because of it, we can live in freedom. Free of our past. Free of our sin. We take on a new identity. Can I get an amen? Your entire life can be one big breakthrough. I was t- telling our team this this morning. If we want to have a breakthrough church, what am I talking about? I'm talking about a church where people come in touch with us online in person. And they come in and they sense grace. They sense acceptance even though they know they're sinners. They sense empowerment even though they, f- they might feel that people don't feel like they have much to offer. They, they, they sense potential in themselves before they even believe in themselves because of the people and the culture that we have here. But that can't happen until we have a church that learns to pray, until we have a church that learns to give, until we have a church that learns to fast. And disconnect from things which are unhealthy. See, fasting is essentially disconnection. The way we like to say it is disconnecting from the world. And prayer connects us to God. So fasting disconnects us to the world. And prayer connects us to God. It's not that everything in the world is bad. It's not that being on your phone all the time is always bad. Most of the time it is. I'm told. (laughs) It's not that being on the PlayStation playing FIFA... 2020, 2021 is bad. I just bought a PlayStation. Can't wait. Send me your name if you want a game. But it's not that it's bad, but, but sometimes we need to disconnect because we're out of zinc. We're out of line. I didn't, haven't told Anna that yet. You okay? It's easier to do it here. You know, she can't say anything. It's not that those things are all necessarily bad, but when they're we're off balance, they become bad, they get in the way of God who gives us the clarity, who gives us the vision, who gives us the passion, who brings us the life. You see, our fuel for our soul has always been hope. Our soul has always needed hope. Our soul has always needed faith. Our soul has always needed love. The deepest part of us, the spirit, has always been yearning for something or someone perfect. And nothing else in this world, as much as you try, as much as you you spend years trying, will ever work the way the presence of God can work. Because in the presence of God, everything that is needed to be released is released. Everything that is needed to to be released is released. Number three, we'll finish here. To come awake, you must take off your covers. Band, you can come ahead on, back up. To come awake, you must take off your covers. So I've been lying in bed a lot, nice big sleep-ins the last few days. And it's been great. The problem has been waking up. Anyone struggle to wake up in the morning? 
no matter what day it is. Well, I actually haven't probably slept that well as I have now in years. I don't know whether it's the new mattress. I don't know what it is, but it, it's sleeping really well. I've been struggling to get up, and I was just thinking about that. I was like, whoa, what, what? I'm, having, I'm actually having dreams now. I never used to have dreams. That maybe the mattress was just too hard, but, but I'm having great sleep. I was just thinking about getting up in the morning and just, ugh. There's a few things that helped me to get up, and I remember when I was younger, trying to get up for school. Maybe some kids in here and watching online and just can't get up for school, and your mom has to come in, or whoever's at home, has to come in, and what do they do? You hit it. They rip off the covers. And they open the curtains. And they let the breeze in. And, you know, there's very, a lot of pain. And there's some words come to your mind that you can't repeat. You've got to bite your lip. But you come alive. And it helps you to make the first step to get out of the bed and to start living. And there's some of us in here, including myself, and you've been covering up. You've got a quilt on. It's comfortable. It's even easy. You can just close your eyes and you don't even have to think. You can dream about these fantasies that aren't real. But I'm telling you, it's until you take the covers off and you let the light in, you're not truly coming alive. It's the question I have, and I I, I pray the Holy Spirit breathes on this moment right now in your life is, where have you covered up in 2020 that you need to take the quilt off that you need to take the covers off and it's going to feel vulnerable and you might even get annoyed because you feel vulnerable and you have to get out and, and move forward in life and might not feel comfortable at all the light might even be blinding for a second until your pupils adapt but I'm telling you God has not called you to stay undercover God has called the church to be present on the earth today There is only one plan. God has a plan, and it's the A plan. His church, the only thing he promised to build was his church. Who is his church? You are his church. The the purpose is in you. The plan is in you. The gifts are in you. But they cannot come into play until the covers are off, until the light gets in, until we open the curtains, and it's not comfortable. And it might look like an awkward conversation. And it might look like getting involved in a team. And it might look like talking to someone about your problems. But I'm telling you, you're taking the covers off. You're you're giving yourself the chance to be activated to truly live. To not just impact naturally, but to impact eternally. To see lost people come to life. That life that just fits. That kind of life that brings strength in the dark place, that kind of life that causes you to pick up your tent in the dark valley and to move out. That kind, that kind of courage that causes you to, to cut off relationships, toxic relationships that shouldn't be there. That kind of strength that gives you the ability to help someone in need to pull them up. That kind of vision that helps you to have dreams that aren't from you and your natural capacity, but they're from God in heaven above. That's the kind of life 
that God called you to live and called me to live and called us to live. That's the church. When we have a breakthrough church, we have breakthrough people. Breakthrough church isn't just something that we say. It's something that we do. It's not just having an idea of faith, an idea of God. It's, it's living with God in us and through us. It's not trying to force your way to heaven. It's not trying to earn your way to heaven. It's not trying to earn the favor of God. It's, it's letting go. It's surrendering your life and saying, God, speak, I'm listening. It's instead of just praying the whole time in your devotion time, it's starting to listen. Hey, God, what do you want to say? I'm going to get vulnerable. I'm taking the covers off. Hey, God, this situation I'm in right now at work, I'm going to take the covers off and I'm going to ask you, what do you want to do? Hey, this situation at home, God, it's not where it should be. I need your help. I'm taking the covers off. I'm letting the light in. I need your power. I need your strength. I'm listening. What do you want to say? Hey, God, this is a situation in my finance. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm full of fear. I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to control. I'm trying to manipulate. But I'm taking the covers off. I'm letting the light in. God, what do you want me to do? If you want me to give, I'm going to give. If you want me to surrender, I'm going to surrender. Just whisper to me, Holy Spirit. What is it for you? What if this year, as you started the year, you asked the Holy Spirit, you got into the Word of God, you realigned your ways, and you allowed God to bring you to life. Yes, it might be vulnerable initially. You take, I hate getting the quilt off. The curtains open initially, it's a, oh, it's a shock. But I come to life. God, we just pray and thank you for this moment. God, we ask you for every cover to come off. Because, God, we're in safe, in a safe place with you. God, help us to find a safe person of wise counsel if we're going through some stuff to ask for help. God, breathe in with your light. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill should never be hidden. God, you've called us to walk on the earth as light in dark places. Help us to source the light. Help us to sense your light. Presence of God, come and fill our souls as we go into a fast of 21 days. We disconnect from some things in the world we live, in the routines of our lives. And God, we spend more time than normal in prayer. God, move in our hearts. Speak to us in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. hope you enjoyed the podcast today if you did there's just a few things i'd like you to do subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed secondly if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others 
you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast. Thank you.